Hello everyone, this is Dave Morris. Today I wanted to talk to you about uh, an experience I had at the FOSDEM conference in Brussels, Belgium. That took place on the 1st and 2nd of February 2014. Um, during the conference I took part in a key signing event. Now, I wanted to do this partly to see what, what it was, what it looked like, how it worked. Partly because I knew that the um, end product would be um, an improved level of trust on my GPG key. FOSDEM key signing is a really big event, one of the biggest in Europe, so I thought it was going to be pretty interesting to uh, attend. I've created uh, a lot of show notes to go along with this talk um, in the hopes that it... Uh, helps to understand what's, what I find at least to be a pretty complicated process. Um, I'm maybe not going to cover everything that's in the, in the notes, because otherwise I'll end up reading them to you, which is probably not a good idea. Anyway, let me just explain a little bit about what a key signing party is. It's an event where a number of people present their, the details of their their, their public keys, PGP, GPG, or, or whatever, along with a proof of identity. And they, they do this to other participants so that they can be checked. No actual signing takes place at this event, since if people were there signing keys, there would be a terrible temptation for nasty people to come along and, uh, and try and hack their machines or, very least, um, shoulder-surf their, their passphrases but the participants take away a list of participants and the fact that they'd, they checked them and seen their IDs and so forth so that they can go home and sign the keys. And the, the overall purpose of this is so that uh, um, the decentralised web of trust that is uh, one of the, the consequences of using these types of keys is, uh, is, is enhanced. Now, I'm not going to go into details of the Web of Trust. I've, I've put a few uh, pointers to further reading on this, and I imagine that Ahuka will be maybe looking at this in, uh, in, in the future. So, before I set off to FOSDEM, before I got ready for the, um, the key signing, I um, obviously need to have a GPG key, which I had because I'd been using, using it to sign and encrypt mail for a while, a few years actually. They're only really messing around with it until fairly recently. So having got this key, I thought rather than create a new one, I, I'd just use this one for the purpose. If you want to know more about how to create your own key, then have a, a listen to Ahuka's shows, which I've indexed from, uh, from my notes. I'm sure you'll be able to find them otherwise. So given that I had a key, the first thing I needed to do was to submit it to the FOSDEM key server where all of the participants' keys were being collected. And I've given the, the command to do that in my in my notes. The key submission was available from the point of announcement in 2013 all the way up until Monday the 27th of January 2014. Since I was learning more about uh, GPG and, and keys and stuff, um, I did end up fiddling around with my key after I'd submitted it. And in particular, I was using KGPG 
and found that it was easy to add a photo ID to my key, which I thought was obviously a, a good thing to do. And so I did that, um, and this has a certain relevance to what happened later on in the in the story. So close to the time where the event was to take place, the participants were contacted and we were asked to do various things. First of all, there was a list of all the participants available on the FOSDEM website. There were 280 keys in this in total. That was less. That was a larger number than the, the number of people, because some people submitted multiple keys. We had to check that our entry in, in this list, uh, the key fingerprint that, we, that, that was presented there, was correct. And we also had to download and print this list uh, so that we could bring it along with us to the event. We had to do this in a particular way, which I must admit was a bit new to me, um, using a tool called PAPS, PAPS I assume it is, uh, because it contains UTF-8 data. Um, and very little else will do this, apparently. It was possible to go via LaTeX and print out any photo IDs, but I didn't do this because I wasn't clear that it would actually work for me. I've not managed to get it to work since, actually. We were asked also to generate checksums for the participant file and write these down on the front of the sheet. Um, and this was so we could check that there'd been no tampering with the file between us picking it up or being sent from the site or whatever and getting to the to the event. And obviously we had to bring an ID with us uh, and a pen. <laughs> I decided to bring my passport with me as my ID. So the key signing event took place on Sunday, the, uh, the 2nd of February, 2 in the afternoon. And there was a large number of people gathered there. Um, and... But there, this, it, it transpired later on that there were a f- fair number of no-shows, number of people who submitted but never, never arrived. It started by the organizer calling out the checksums for the the uh, list file, the participant list, um, which we then needed to check. Then we were asked to order ourselves by submission number. There was a number against our entry in the participant list. We were asked to, to, to arrange ourselves in order of that, that number. And then the line wrapped around such that number one faced number 140 and so on down the line. And then we began the process of checking our opposite numbers documents and filling in the, uh, the sheet. So in order to carry out a check, we first of all had to find out what the number of the person was we were we were talking to, um, so we looked them up on the sheet. We had to ask them to confirm that they were happy that the document checksum matched with what uh, what the organiser had read out. We had to check that they were happy with the key fingerprint in the document, and then we had to look at their passport or driving licence to check against the details on the paper, you know, their name and so forth, check that the pictures match, check that they were valid documents as well, I guess. So if everything checked out okay, we ticked the two boxes on the form against that person. In fact, some cases there were there was multiple entries, which we, we also had to check. Um, and then we moved one step to the, the right 
and carried on. So this, this line was wrapping around at the far end as well. What we're actually doing here then was collecting details of our verifications so that we could do the real key signing when we got home. Put a couple of pictures my uh, friend took uh, at the event so you can get some idea of what it looked like. So it took it took in the reason by coincidence it took me two hours to check a hundred keys and everybody else I guess the same sort of rate. This didn't fit in with what was estimated to start with. It should have been one hour per hundred checks, but the, the actual process of checking seemed to be a lot slower than perhaps it should have been. Different people seem to be much quicker or, or much slower than, than others. There tended to be big gaps between participants, so we'd, we'd be standing there waiting for somebody to make their way down the line. Um, in some cases, people tried to skip past the slow people who were making these gaps but then that got really chaotic because all of a sudden we uh, from thinking that you could work your way through the list sequentially you suddenly had to fumble about and, and find number 200 and something after you'd just been dealing with number 50 something um, and that got really chaotic so I think that was one of the those are some of the reasons why things went slowly some people were very meticulous about doing the checks one guy brought a a UV torch and spent some time looking through my passport and uh, I was surprised the number of people who pointed out that my passport will need renewal in a few months so they were obviously reading everything on it um, now I wasn't able to stay to the end of this because I had a plane to catch so after two hours uh, I had to leave I suspect that there were a lot of other people leaving earlier than, than uh, was ideal I don't think everybody signed everybody's key. So the next thing to do was to do the, the key signing homework, as they called it. I found that uh, I started receiving emails from people before the conference had even ended on at 6pm on the Sunday. Um, so by the time I got home the next day, um, I uh, started processing these. And getting ready to do this this homework again I don't know why in particular I did, chose this point to do it but I thought having seen how other people had organized their GPG keys that I should reorganize mine a bit I'd actually created two keys there was one I was using for email and another one that was anticipating another email address I was setting up for myself then I noticed that a lot of people had just the one key with multiple UIDs and emails on them. And I thought, well, the best thing to do would be to merge the two together. So I revoked the uh, my alternate key and added the, the email address as a secondary UID to the main key. I won't go into detail about how I did this, um, though I can do if anybody's interested. This was a maybe a bad decision at this particular point, but there you go. So, so the first thing I did was to import the signatures that I'd started to receive uh, through the means of email. The messages I got were encrypted messages with a message body describing that th this was a key signing message with uh, some instructions in it and one or more attachments on the email. I used Thunderbird with Enigmail to uh, do my GPG stuff. 
and I found that once I'd opened the email with my passphrase, I could um, right-click an attachment and import the uh, the signed key into my keyring. And this went pretty well. There's a picture of what it what the um, an email looks like, suitably anonymized. Not sure quite why it needs to be anonymized, but I thought it might be more polite to do that. I found that when there was a single attachment, this was a signature against my main email address, not too surprisingly. Sometimes I received two attachments, and the other one was a signature against my photo ID. So people had actually gone to the trouble of checking that the photo in my key actually matched me, um, and was signing it. Um, in some cases I received two email messages, and this was because the second signature I'd, uh, uh, the second email address I'd added to the key was also getting a signature, which strictly they shouldn't have done, I guess. But um, I think the the tool they were using offers you the choice whether to do it or not, and people have maybe thought, oh, well, why not? And they hadn't checked against the list to see that that key hadn't, that email address, that UID hadn't been presented at the time. So once I got my head round um, importing the keys, the signatures that I would that had been the, the signed keys is what I'm trying to say. Then next thing to do was to try and do my signing for the people I'd checked. So looking at the the various information that the Fosdem website offered, I reckoned that the tool called CAF C A F F was probably the way to go. This is part of the signing party package which is available on uh, um, Ubuntu and other APT-based systems. So I installed this on my Kubuntu system. Um, CAF is a script that can sign a bunch of keys at a time. It uh, has a configuration file and uh, requires access to your GPG configuration. It also sends out emails directly through a local MTA, so you need to be running your own mail server. I was, but I hadn't configured it to do anything very much, so I had to spend some time configuring Postfix to relay through um, Gmail. In the show notes I've shown details of how you set up the .cafrc file, which is a necessary prerequisite. I won't explain that in too much detail now. There's loads of information on the, the man page and the links that I've pointed the to in the notes. And the script also needs a directory to store the keys that it's that it's working on. Um, and uh, you can also, uh, and it's recommended that you do this, set up a copy of the gpg.conf file and um, use use that as part of the, the process. One suggestion was that you link it to the, the actual gpg.conf, which is what I did. I sh it's in the show notes how I did this. And uh, there are a bunch of additions that, that, are, that should be made to the, the config file um, to streamline this whole process. So there I was with 100 keys to sign. I didn't want to be typing these in one at a time, so I wanted to automate this process as much as I could. So I created a file with the numbers of the participants whose keys I checked, whose details I checked, IDs and so on, into a, into this file, one one number per line, 
and um, I then wrote a little script which called collect keys which would look up participant numbers in the list and return their keys uh, there's an, a copy of it in the notes it's very it's quite trivial so I was then able to run this script with the numbers file and generate a list of keys then I ran these keys in batches through the the CAF program now the reason I did it in batches was because I wanted to check each key against the list and the easiest thing to do is to take a page's worth however many there were on a, on a page and uh, and simply push this through CAF so there's some details in the notes about how I did this when I'd processed a batch of keys the example shows seven being processed um, then I had a, another little pipeline which added a, a hash to the front of each each key so that I wouldn't process them again um, I won't go into details I'm sure you'll be able to work out what uh, what I was doing there it's no, not really a big deal so the only slight disadvantage to doing them in batches was that each batch needed me to enter my passphrase unless uh, I was doing them rapidly one after the other and I didn't do that it took me two or three days to get get through them all so as a follow-up I um, uh, first of all followed the recommendation which was to uh, ensure that my now modified key from the, the uh, signatures that have been coming in was going up to a, a public key server so that people could uh, could check against it um, and see their signatures on it. I think also the FOSDEM people want to do statistics on, on uh, the, the uptake of the, the signatures. Anyway, I did that and it shows how to do it in my, in my show notes. Um, so it was it was um I also found it interesting to monitor the keys that I was signing um after a, a day or two um and uh there's a, a, a an example of a command which will refresh these keys and and make sure there are copies in my um no, there already were copies in my keyring so it's just refreshing them to and that let me see when the people who's who received the emails had uh, had applied them um i would started doing that because i wanted to be 100% certain that what i was doing was actually working um and as soon as i saw somebody was the first person was was actually um attaching the the signatures then i knew that at least i'd got something that was working Occasionally I refreshed my own key by pulling a copy down off the server and that was because um, some people were not using CAF or an equivalent tool to do it. They were just signing it, signing it directly. Uh, you know, they'd taken a copy of it, they'd signed it locally, they'd up uploaded it. And um, so if I hadn't done that, I would have not noticed the, uh, the, the, the changes being made. So as of the time I'm recording this, which is now two weeks after the signing event, 43 of the, the people, of the 100 people who, whose keys I signed, have signed my key. And uh, so that's pretty good. We've got until, I think, sometime in June to, to do them all. Um, so things are going quite well, I think. So I'll finish off by just giving a few thoughts and impressions about what, what happened. 
uh, I certainly found this to be a fascinating process. It gave me a much closer understanding of what was going on here, though I'd certainly got a long way to go to fully understand this. My key is, has a high level of trust associated with it, and it's also part of the web of trust, as I mentioned before. I thought the logistics of the whole process were were generally quite well hand, handled, but with a with a large number of participants, um, two hundred plus, uh, it's not surprising that that things got a little bit confusing. I wrote to the organizer with a few comments, and uh, I'd heard other people making similar comments, and he uh, he's obviously taken these on board because he's updated the website with many of the the suggestions he's had in. So few of the things that that uh, were commented about were if you got everybody to wear a badge of some sort with their number on it it would save some time you need, you could look look them up much more rapidly without having to ask them for their number um and also if they put on their their responses to the questions about the check some of the document and whether they checked their fingerprint that would speed things up it would be good if we were told about how the process would actually um, happen, how, how the the key signing party would, would take place, because we, we were completely ignorant of, of the process before it started. So that was a, that's already happened, he's put more details of that up on the, on the, the site. And um, from my own <laughs> point of view, I'd quite have appreciated if we'd been somewhere where there was some better lighting. It was fairly gloomy in that corridor that we were in, and uh, I certainly found it quite hard to read my printout and some people's ideas at various times. be tempted to take a head torch or something next time if, uh, if that doesn't happen. So just one other thought is that um, a lot of comments about GPG and similar things uh, recommend that you don't use the shortened version of the key but the, the full version is, is preferable because there could be collisions with the short short form. You could type in a short form key and hit because it's just the last half of the the full the full thing. Um, you could have a collision with the with the with the wrong key. I certainly tried to use the full full key whenever I could, but the list that we were given had the the short form, so uh, might be a good idea if the list next year has the long form. So that's it. Thanks. Bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Share Alike, 3.0 license.